Hey, this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. We are back from our holiday break. Hopefully everyone had a good holiday and got away from the office a little bit. And what better way to start off 2024 than to talk about what are we looking forward to? Yeah, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. I figured we would start with, you know, I didn't want to be too cliche with the resolutions. New Year, new me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I did want to start with, start off the year with some things that we're looking forward to because I know we have a lot to look forward to. We do. And our listeners have a lot to look forward to. For sure. So I asked on our on our Instagram um, story questions kind of what changes we want to make this year. Nice. Um, because it's not just about the people who are getting started in their career, but like, how do you keep a job that you've been in for a long time? Like, how do you keep that fresh? Ooh, I was just, I was literally just thinking that. How do you keep it fresh? Mm -hmm. Um, so just kind of, before we jump into that though, I did want to kind of go a little overview of some of the things that we did put into this episode. I put in, um, some changes for this year. I also Mm -hmm. put in, uh, 10 years ago, did you expect to be where you are now? That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, I, like it's kind of funny, and I'm not going to go into it obviously right now because we're going to go into it later. But um, there's a certain expectation I think that we feel like we have to figure it all out right now. Yes, and you have to know where you're going to be in ten years, especially students. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, we always do ask. Like when I have a student, I always ask. So, what do you think? Well, no, that's what the thing. Think? I'm not, I'm not saying like yeah. don't do that. Like to the exact, there yeah. there are some people who are like, oh, I wanted to be this and yeah. it panned out, but in a way that they never expected. Yeah, for sure. And so I wanted to put that in because as we're looking to the future, I also want to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Like look back and also realize that's not necessarily how life works. Uh, yeah. I would say almost everyone in my class, or at least, at least the guys for for my class mm-hmm. if you would have asked us 10 years ago about where we're at now we would we would be like no nah. no exactly that's not true exactly so on the opposite side i also and i put that before what about 10 years in the future yeah because now we can kind of look at like okay take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. where do you think you're gonna be and yeah. where is life actually gonna put you yeah that's true you know um we might have to put this episode into two parts because we had so many people and so many of our community who weighed in which was so exciting um a great way to start 2024 absolutely absolutely um but i also asked about growth in their own job nice role changes setting changes and then just some advice so i think that might be i think as of now i think it's probably going to be a part two um and it's probably going to be um, see, this is me looking into the future. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, I think that episode will be more about how to keep your current job fresh. That's cool. I think right now is a little bit more about like changes and expectations yeah. and kind of looking back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I like that. Um. That is true. Yeah, you know, it's hard to think about that. But like, if you've been in a job for like ten plus years, right? Like you've you've settled in, and like it's hard to probably try and keep that. Like, how do I keep this place exciting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. There's some things that change, and there's some things that don't. Yep, for sure. So speaking of change, <laughs> look at that segue. <laughs> Our first Instagram story question I asked was actually a question box. Um. What would you like to change this year in your practice? Nice. What What are you looking forward to? Kind of make some changes. That's a good one because you know, for me, this is like a newer setting for me, so I'm still learning the ins and outs of having a million teams. (laughs) You've been in community college for a year and uh, and some change and like almost a half yeah i mean a year and like two months and a quarter yeah maybe maybe not even a quarter two months is not a quarter yeah that's why i was saying like, <laughs> yeah like a year and two really? months yeah because i started at the end of november mm. yeah 
So um, I think one thing for me that I want to try and do a little bit differently this year is I want to have more like, like kind of like arm care stuff mm-hmm. because I have a lot of upper extremity. So I want to have a little bit more set arm care stuff so that when they come in, they already kind of know they do these and then have like set times that they're progressed. Like oh, after two weeks of doing this arm care, we're going to just shift to this program. So then it minimizes how much I actually have to like one-on-one and hopefully save it for like more complex things or things that truly need my attention and probably get the students involved in like, okay, just make sure they're doing these exercises correctly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do, but more, not just arm care, but in yeah. general, kind of like have a, um, oh, you're dealing with an ankle sprain. Let's get you started on this like standard set of things that I normally do for ankles, but then I can tailor it to. Yeah. So instead of me taking the time to remember what I do for ankles every single time, then I can give that. I can start with that, and then change, like take out things that I don't like or add things that yeah. I do think that that specific person, yeah, needs. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so that kind of is similar to our first response. So someone said, better documentation and better control over how rehabs are done with all athletes. I think this goes a bit hand in hand. For rehabs, creating a plan more from periodization and actually creating rehab programs before each session instead of creating on a spot. Yes. But still changing based on how they're feeling each day. Doing this will help since I would be documenting and writing the programs out and then I could put it in the EMR later. And also writing it down who I saw and what I did on paper in a rehab log. And then I can go back to do EMR. That is one thing. Um, well, one that um, some people who have appointment systems are finding it so much easier to plan. Yeah. So you're not doing as much on the spot, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but also uh, one thing that I'm changing from is I used to have a paper sign-in sheet. And now I don't have a paper sign-in sheet and my memory is so bad. So um, not necessarily like, I guess not my memory, but like my active recall of like who I saw Uh is so bad. And so when I'm trying to go and document later, it's, it's really hard for me to go and remember who I saw. Or like if a coach asked me like, Hey, give me updates. Like Mm -hmm. I have to have a list of people to give them updates on. Otherwise I, I literally won't. Yeah. Like, even someone who's really important, if it's not on the top of my brain or if it's not on my list, like, it's not. It's yeah. N- it's not going to get an update. So, I think trying to figure out how to... Because I, what I used to do is take that paper sheet and just go down the list of names and be like, oh, I need to put a progress note in yeah. here. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do this. Yeah. Um. Nice. I like that. I like the aspect of planning rehabs. That's, that is one goal that I'm still working on but i did set the goal a couple years ago about improving my documentation and Mm -hmm. right now it's it's fire that's good i'm pretty on it that's really good yeah so it is it does take some work but it actually is once you get like a rhythm down it actually isn't that difficult to do documentation yeah it's just getting a rhythm when i first started um my career i used to have really really good documentation but I f- and I feel like it really helped me because then I would actually remember like what's happening. I could see their yeah. progress in front of me rather than just like on the spot trying to figure out like, oh, wait, what, when did you hurt this? And and then kind of asking all the same history questions over and over again instead of yeah. like actually following through. Um, but I feel like the, you're right. Like it does. And even I was where I am currently, like I was part time previously and I yeah. used to have such good documentation when I was part time. Yeah. Um. And then now it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to get used to my new role. Yeah. Um. Now that I left a couple of years, came back. Um. I think it's just you. You do have to get back into that routine. Yeah. Also, too, I have the uh, uh, the luck that I don't have football like me, like my teams aren't, aren't football, so there's not that kind of volume. Because I get it, it is tough when you have. 20 guys i mean yes and no yes and no because with football does come help with help that's true so (laughs) it's more of like a can you get everyone on board (laughs) yeah that's true more bodies involved and plus like students learning how to document so it's like 
um, like it's not quite the style you're looking for. So you right, might have right. to double check or mm-hmm. you might have to like, well, we got to change this. I like it this way. Or maybe they didn't do a test that you would have. So then it's like, okay, well, so there's still that learning that does kind of make it difficult to have the documentation consistent mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but again, more hands, it, more hands are always, is always nice. Right, right. Um, so our next one is also anonymous. Um, they said, I would like to learn more administrative skills to hopefully become a lead at my job. I would like to learn how to become the boss and oversee other athletic trainers in my department. I would like to learn about how to deal with the politics of the hospital system I work for as someone in management position. That's a good goal. Okay, so I really liked this one because I feel like you can't just step into a boss position. It's true. Think of how many people don't like the way that things are run uh-huh. and how those people have maybe gotten to those positions. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of times, especially in athletic training, and I feel like we're going to talk about this more if we do a part two um, about more like growth in your profession. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of like who's been there the longest? They're the head. And then after that, like when they leave, the second in, you know the person yeah. who's been there second longest but that's not actually really how it should be working no, like not, not just because you put in the years it's yeah. like what else are you putting in like yeah. yeah you you should probably be putting in years yeah of course unless they're taking someone completely new but yeah you can't just step into a boss position no and if you do like well if you do just step into it and you want to it, it it's a lot of willingness to learn Mm-hmm. like like what it means to be like an administrator um in my in my brief brief uh exposure to that kind of side of it is really it's not like it's not the being the athletic trainer part that's hard because like we can all do that part and the clinical mm-hmm. part and running like policies and procedures that's not hard right you know what your policies and procedures should be it's dealing with uh i don't say dealing it's uh working with just people and like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you interact with people around you? How do you uh, interact with your other administrators? That's really what the difference is that I would say that has to be like learned. Um, and also, how do you work with your team? Yeah, like, how like if your team comes to you with a problem or a conflict, like how do you resolve that without yeah. kind of taking over or? Yeah like not doing anything like there's a balance of like how much do you do and how much do you not do yeah and making sure like right that you have like i think the biggest team is making sure your team the team feels that you know you have their back as an administrator because you know i mean that that was kind of my philosophy that i was always going to protect my staff and like if there are any problems i'll be the bad guy or I'll, i'll put the attention to me instead of making it about Oh well, yeah, it's that person's fault. No, like it's it's my team at the end of the day, right? Like, are you ready to fall it, for be the fall guy? <laughs> but here's the thing: is you have to be the fall guy for the for the problems, but you can't be the fall guy for all the successes. No, you no. can't take the credit for all no. the successes. And and I think that's another thing too: is a, a, a like a really good leader will make sure to highlight the the people that truly deserve that credit. Yes, you do get the credit because you get some credit because that is your staff. You put them together and theoretically you should be putting them in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. But you can't just come out and say that. (laughs) You can't be like, I did this. No, celebrate your staff because that's what they want. They know the work that they did and they should be celebrated Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing when you're learning administration. I think you're going to like this next one. All right. So this one's by Megan M. I would like to change medical needs being a forethought instead of an afterthought. I'm head of medical for a pro rugby team, so this is something I do. I've done it in other settings as well, but it's working here well because of rules. I basically am learning the art of saying no. <laughs> that, is, that is an art for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not easy and they get frustrated with me at times, but I find it worth it. Think of how often we get frustrated with them. A little bit of them experiencing that is needed for growth and change of mindset. I'm a big believer that we shouldn't complain about something we aren't willing to speak up and take action about. Yes, that's true. Um, I feel like I 
I've never heard it put this way, yeah. and I kind of really like the way that she wrote this. Mm-hmm. Is, um, I feel like, and I'll, I try to instill this with my students is when I find that they are have like people pleasing tendencies. Mm-hmm. This is not a people pleasing job. No, absolutely not a people pleasing job. Um, and I think I really like how Megan said that think of all the times that we get frustrated with them Mm -hmm. and i don't think that like even my absolute favorite coach that i've ever had there were so many times i was frustrated with him and he is still my favorite coach yeah he is still my favorite coach and i can relate that there are probably times that we have made coaches really frustrated. Think about how many times like we talk about coaches negatively. Yeah. I don't think that it necessarily reflects like, yeah, it does add up, but I don't think that it adds up in the way that we think that it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Like that was actually, I didn't think of it that way. It's like, think of how many times we get frustrated with them. It's like, all right, yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like you get frustrated and then you move on. It's, it's not like, if you if you really do something to like alter your relationship with your coach, then yeah. obviously like that's a little bit different. But I think the the little times we say no or like no, I'm not coming in on a Saturday because yeah. you put together a last minute practice and you didn't tell me about it. Yeah. Or you're staying two hours past the time that I told you I was gonna stay. Yeah. But you see, I think that goes back to that the um uh, the first point of medical needs being forethought instead of afterthought because it does like some of the support staff roles we have made some systems have made it okay that like coach can just change practice and like right. you're expected to just oh just do it instead of the higher ups taking kind of that no we're not no you don't mm-hmm. need to be here or no coach you cannot have that practice today mm-hmm. because then again going back to like the administration thing it may it puts us in the position where we're being the bad guy when our bosses should be the ones to step in and be like no but no mhm mhm that'd be interesting to hear how some of you guys have dealt with administrators who haven't put you in a position of success oh yeah um like for example if um you have to go talk to coach about something that maybe an admin should talk to them about. Yeah. Or something along those lines because um, that will happen. Like, you're mm-hmm. not always going to have the perfect boss. There, You're not always going to have someone who will stand up for you, um, which does suck. But, like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. So this next one's from Courtney G. She said... I want to be more organized. This is my first year being full-time at two schools. It was a transition for sure. Being at a part-time school, I was paid hourly. So I would do things to create hours. Then I took a second part-time contract to be full-time. So I had to stop over-serving and go back to the basics. That's always hard to start like... Dialing back. Right, right. And then people expect that because that's what you used to do. Part-time contracts require two injury checks and game coverage. My advice is to over-communicate. I feel like I'm always sending emails, text messages, and asking stupid questions. But it is really the only way to make sure that all schools are getting coverage. The second is to set ground rules, even if they seem tough. I ask for schedule changes 72 hours in advance to find coverage or to rearrange my schedule. If it doesn't come, I will still try to find coverage, but I'm not upset if it doesn't get covered. Third is I buy a huge planner for everything to go in. I use erasable color pencils to color code the schools. I also like the Vera Bradley planners because they're so durable. Fortunately, I work with a very close-knit group who help out whenever I need it. Nice. That's awesome. See, it's always good to have that support system. I feel like we don't talk about that a lot. We talk, I feel like we talk about mentors, which I guess is part of mm-hmm. the support system, but I don't think we talk about like your actual support system. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like the, the organized point, too. I'm, I'm working on my organization. I have a planner now. You do have a planner. I have a planner. It helps. I do have to say there is a difference when you have like because when you have one team like your their schedule is your schedule, so it like doesn't like. I just need to know when we're leaving, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we're coming back, 
right? But when you have multiple teams, okay, now I need... All right, now let's get a game plan. <laughs> Where is everybody? Right. So I have noticed that. It has no, that's been a nice. juggling act. It is. See, again, 10 years ago, if you would have asked, would I have a planner? <laughs> I don't know if I can answer uh. that. Now look at me. Big fan. Hey, shout out to Passion Planner. I had a good time with that one. Who gave you that again? Uh, uh, one of the assistant coaches at where I was before. I don't know if how if she had a deal or how she got. She just got a ton of free ones, gave it to the entire department, and I said, "All right, it's free." Change your life. And then I liked it so much, bought one. Then I bought another planner this year. I'm just going strong. Strong with the planners. This is coming from the guy who didn't have our calendar app downloaded. The I, Google Calendar app. I have it. <laughs> now you do. Uh, yeah. I, well, I don't know. Well, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, next <laughs> one. <laughs> this next one's by Lindsay D. I would like to do my job fluently in Spanish. I want to continue to break into the soccer world of AT. Any level, any country. Soccer has grown on me. I'm in a position right now where I'm lucky enough to utilize my AT skills while doing my other love of mission work. Nice. That's awesome. That's cool. You know, more and more I'm finding that people are able to split their time. I mean, I used to split my time. Uh, I mean, I was too, I was doing two athletic training jobs, yeah. but like I used to love being part-time. Yeah. I mean, I also found a place that like, they valued me as part-time, yes. not just like I was picking up hours. Yeah. You know? Um, but I know some people who are like well into their career and they're enjoying the part-time life. Yeah. It it just really depends on where it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, if you're valued or not and like how you're treated at the places. Yeah, for sure. Right. And sometimes it's like not just a fill-in; it's like you're actually yes. a staff member. Yeah, you know. And th th those are what makes a a, a good experience, and you know, uh, kind of keeps you keeps you there a little bit longer. Because that's what one thing like if you're a part time, right? If you're at a place that values you, you're going to be more willing to stay there and find and wait for like a better full time job instead of jumping into a full-time job just because oh, well, I, I gotta stop being part-time because i don't get a lot of part-time hours or they don't or they mm -hmm. don't utilize me so mm -hmm. i think that that would be a big difference for sure mm -hmm. so we have one more about uh something looking forward to or something changing okay uh this is from sally z she said track my ceus better i always forget how many i have across reporting period in order to keep track of the ceus i know it sounds silly but i plan to make an excel sheet on google drive i plan to set up the sheet by the category I also need to remember to write down on the sheet when I complete something and not wait till later. Like I'll do an NATA quiz, but I'll lose track of that and not really know where I am towards the grand total. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good goal. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many was I at? And then you start doing the math in your head. Like, okay, I did this event. How much was that? See, it's... I'd, I don't know how you guys do it because I would absolutely forget that I... Whatever I did... Like, I, I don't even remember the 10 NATA ones that I signed up for until they tell me that they're expiring. And then I'm like, oh, I got to do. Them. Oh, I don't even remember this course like at all. Um, Like the name that I didn't. I don't. Oh, this is a good one. I signed up for this. This is yeah. cool. Um, So literally, as soon as I finish a CU, I go and put it on the BOC website. Like nice. as soon as I get smart. my certificate. That's smart. That's efficient. Good job. If I don't, I put it. I star it in my inbox. Oh, nice. Nice. That's a good idea. Because otherwise it will be gone in the abyss of gone. Just gone. Yeah. Didn't happen. And I like, I don't even know how to track like, cause you can't do the same CUs per reporting period. So like, oh, I did this before, but it was, but how do I remember if yeah. I did it? If yeah. I already reported it last reporting cycle or yeah. what? Um, w we're looking forward to see use this upcoming year or this upcoming cycle, I guess, because yeah. we're making some changes. Um, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, as we're trying to get back to our category ACUs, um, we're we're in talks with a couple people, so keep we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> we we're working, working on, on it. it. 
um, we're getting questions about how do I report category DCUs? Um, great question. We are working on it. Yeah, we are definitely working on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it seems like we haven't really put out too many episodes over the holiday. But we haven't put out any in the last week, two weeks. Yeah, I think. Weeks. But we've literally been working on CUs and redoing our entire. It is definitely a, on the top of our priority list. Yes. To figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're gonna be uh in probably our most impacted semester of our doctorate of athletic training program right now this upcoming semester sounds about right i feel like this is actually kind of a good segue into like 10 years ago did you expect to be where you are now (laughs) nope never ever would you imagine i never thought i would be getting i would be working towards a doctorate look at you now no thanks look at you now yeah, well, I mean, it's not a PhD. PhD is a completely different level. Yeah, it's still a doctorate. It is. It you. is. Mm-hmm. But it's I just give different props to those who are different focus area. It is. It is. Um. So, I actually do have numbers for these polls. Okay. I asked ten years ago, "Did you expect to be where you are now?" Actually, yes. Okay. Got twelve percent. Okay. Only 12% of the time in our community did people's expectations from 10 years ago pan out. Okay. Kind of was 26% and not at all was 62%. I didn't expect such an extreme. Like I thought kind of was going to be more like the 62%, but no. 62% is a great majority too. It's not like just like. It's a solid majority. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, not at all is extreme. Yeah. I mean, I could I could definitely say I'm I'd be a part of that sixty two percent. Well, I mean, you're still an athletic trainer in a college setting. Yeah. That's true. I guess maybe the kind of. Yeah. It's not the not quite well, but but I was pretty like solid on like no, I'm staying four years. Ten years ago, I was just finding out about that, about athletic training, and I didn't know what. I didn't even know what settings you could be in yet, mm. other than the D three. Yeah. So like, I knew I well when I first started, I wanted to be in sports and like traditional sports, and then when I like found out that I could actually like take this more, I. I Wanted to be in performing arts, okay. um, but and I thought that there was none in performing arts at all because I didn't know about them. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I never <laughs> thought I would be working in a community college either. I guess, but I'm not leaving. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, this is pretty great. Yeah, it is. Um, Kayla M said, "Thought I would be in the college or NFL." I'm in a high school and I wouldn't trade it for anything. In the high school setting, I love the feeling of community. I'm in a small private school and everyone feels like family. Though I do have to handle parents with kids being underage, there are several who I've become good friends with and still stay in touch with after years of siblings. I love knowing my hours are fairly set in stone and won't be at like 5 a.m. or 10 p.m. Days can get rough being the only athletic trainer at the school, but I think being the only one and the only consistent one they have had in over a decade. They had a new one every year before I took over. Allows me to build more rapport and trust and respect to the athletes. I love hearing about their day and rooting for them on tests and projects. I also love that they have the support of not just the athletic director, but the administration as well. The principal comes to a bunch of games and makes conversation and asks about me, and I can go to her in return for anything. Nice. That's awesome. Honestly, I feel like... I feel like in general, in like real life, but I think not in our podcast community. Um, I think that the high school setting is like poo pooed on so much. Yeah, it gets a. It's. I feel like it is viewed in a negative light most of the time. Yeah, but which like I feel like it's tough when you're the only athletic trainer. Oh, 100%. Um, which is actually the main reason why I didn't want to be at the high school. Yeah. Um, but I loved being at the private high school. Even though it was just me, but I w- it was, it was like different. it was starting my career. Like when you start your career, you kind of want to like grow from yeah. you know other people. I think that that was kind of tough. I think 
the community and the family I got there was different than any other setting that I've been in. Yeah, no, for sure. I have to say, I, I kind of agree with like that community of like the smaller, um, like if you're thinking athletic levels, like those mm-hmm. smaller kind of levels, um, because that is true. Like, like even like community college, right? Like it's not NCAA, it's not like D1, right? The pressures are different. The focus is different. Um, I, I enjoy that. Like, it's really kind of cool just to kind of like, I feel like everyone takes care of each other. Mm-hmm. Like multiple times I've had teams come in, like my teams, like their coaches, like, Oh, we have snacks. If you want snacks, go ahead. Or like it's a little t- like we're doing like a little tournament. Oh, like I brought this like just for like the support staff. I'm like that's like really cool. You don't really necessarily get that at like like those quote unquote higher athletic levels. Like it's a little bit of a different vibe. And same thing with like the kids. I feel like like that's one of the cool things about working in like like the like educational institutions is like I really do like to see what the kids are doing in school and like what they want to do and. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I really like that. And actually now it's kind of funny because when I was at the community college, I had some of my or when I was I mean, when I was at the high school, I had some of my athletes who obviously were going through school mm-hmm. and now they're in college. And so like 4 years later, now I'm like at the community college and I'm I'm going to you know, travel with different football or like mm-hmm. with my football team to different football programs. Yeah. And I am still seeing some <laughs> of my high school athletes. That's cool. Who are, who are like transferring to different colleges. Yeah. That's cool. Another one thing though, on the flip side of that, that like is different is like, like the compliance for some, like at these, like, again, quote unquote, like lower athletic levels, it has to be a little more like, they have to be a little more motivated, I've noticed, like to come in or want to get better. Um, whereas like at like the higher levels, I just remember there were some sometimes like, hey, if a kid wasn't coming in, most of the time I just told the coach. And mm-hmm. for sure that next day they were coming in. Whereas here I think it's like again, like the kind of high school, community college, maybe like smaller like D two, D three. Or it's a little more like, Hey, the kids gotta kinda be a little more bought in compared to like, well, coach is making me come in here. <laughs> Right thing. I've noticed that. Um, I don't know. My coaches make my kids come in. That's nice. I also feel like, I mean, I don't know about you, but we get a lot of athletes who are going, who are trying to go D1, D2. I think it's tough for, for the, like, the sports that I work, we are definitely, a few of them are competitive, like the mm-hmm. programs themselves, mm-hmm. which means we are going to have some that are going to transfer. Mm-hmm. But I, I, what I have noticed, a lot of my athletes, this is kind of, I don't want to say the end of the road, like it's a bad thing, but like a lot of them, like they don't necessarily want to play highly competitive after mm-hmm. this setting, mm-hmm. which again, that that's totally fine. I, they, they, they are ready to focus on like, Hey, I'm ready to just go into what I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and, athletics is not necessarily that part of it right so that 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 is true that is another kind of big difference Mm -hmm. that i see too like the ones that are kind of like game plan like hey i want to compete at a competitive level going forward they have that kind of mindset um but yeah i don't again like you said like i don't have necessarily a ton of those those athletes that have that in mind so that does play a role too yeah i could see that um so honestly, these I'm looking through these answers, and I think most of them are actually people who wanted to be in the high school setting. Oh, that's cool. We have one, two, three. I think three or four more that that wanted to be in high school, which kind of makes sense because that's usually where people find out about athletic training. Yeah, that's what I've noticed, and like it's really cool talking to those people that that do want to be in the high school. Um, a lot of times, or not a lot of times, but there's times that it's like, oh, I want to go back to like my high school. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing. There was, so when I was in high school, we didn't have an athletic trainer. Um, but now my high school has an athletic trainer. Yeah. So when that position opened, I was like, oh, that, that actually would be. Which fun fact, one of uh, my cohort for a minute worked there. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I got to go see it, which was weird because it was like, "That's my high school, but that that's this is a new, this is new, this is and a new but thing. this is also 
my current world. So yeah. it was kind of like. Yeah, it was kind of a weird blend. Right, right. So Robert M says, I always thought I'd be a high school athletic trainer with a CSCS focusing on strength training high schoolers. Now I'm a clinic-based athletic trainer who works in our community who does ACL rehabs and splits my time at a middle school. Been a middle school AT for seven years and I love it. One of my clinical sites in my undergrad ATEP was a high school. I spent 15 weeks working at a high school under my preceptor and just had my eyes open to a setting that was more fun and rewarding than the grind of college athletics. I started my first year as an assistant AT at a high school with one day a week doing clinic at a middle school. After a year, the school district reached out to me and my supervisor as I work in a medical model about expanding my services to be an AT split between the two middle schools in town. I split my time for five years until the opportunity to take the clinical position, clinic position opened up. I then split my time between the clinic and being quote-unquote full-time at the very middle school I started my career at. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. The middle school AT idea is so, I feel like it's so foreign out here in I, California. Yeah, that's what I was messaging. So him. it's so like, it's so different to just hear this because yeah, I feel like this is just anywhere east of California. Like this is a thing. Right, right. So it's like, it's really kind of cool to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't even have middle school sports. I mean, we do, I think. I, I mean, the middle school I was at, I we didn't. had sports. Third string flag football, just saying. <laughs> I threw two passes that year, two interceptions. What's up? The only, <laughs> like close to sports thing we had at our middle school that was actually like an activity team Uh was my dance team oh sick like that was the only i feel like we had like art kind of clubs and stuff Uh and like but we didn't and we had pe but we didn't have any like sport teams interscholastic interscholastic um but it's really true like if you're if you're trying to get away from like the quote-unquote grind of college athletics yeah, which like, is a grind. That's not right. a wrong statement. High school is a grind, but I feel like it's a different grind. Yeah. It's like a one-person show most of the time. Yeah. I always say this coming from California. like Where that's kind of the predominant, like, if the high school has an athletic trainer, they have one. Like, a lot, right. some of the larger right. ones have two, one and a half. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. Which you're right, that, that that could be a grind, especially because most high schools have football. And that mm-hmm. that's a long, long season. Of... And to, to do football on your own, plus all the other sports. Is... Yeah, plus the other sports. But that I think that definitely is a curveball that right. has to be, definitely has to be considered. Right. You want to read this next one? Yes. This one's by LEG. I wanted to become an AT since I was 13. Now I'm 23 with my dream career. I played sports growing up and was always interested in having a medical-related career. I had my fair share of injuries growing up, and for some of those injuries, I went to physical therapy and thought it would be a cool job to have. That's when I was introduced to the idea of sports medicine. After doing some research, though, PT wasn't sounding like the perfect fit. Then in seventh grade, a teacher had us take a career quiz for an assignment and athletic training popped up in the top three jobs for me. Okay, cool that it popped up. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's really neat. I decided to do my class project on athletic training and fell in love with the idea of working as an AT. In high school, I started shadowing ATs and even did a sports medicine camp at Stanford University that was organized by their AT staff, which I do remember them doing. I don't know if they still do, but I do remember that. I've seen it somewhat recently. I can't remember if it was before COVID or not. Since then, I was determined to make my dream of becoming an AT a reality, and I did it. Originally, I wanted to work professional baseball since I'm a huge fan of the sport, and it also helped me grow my passion for becoming an AT. I'm still open to that idea, but after going through my clinical rotations in undergrad, I realized I love working with other levels too. I currently work at a community college, and I love it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just cool, like... This really goes back to our episode about how how people found AT and like their journeys, yeah, their AT journeys to getting here. Yeah, I think honestly, I that's one of my favorite episodes. It's yeah, just sure. so cool to see how other people kind of found their way and oh yeah, what, definitely what stuck and yeah, 
what they expected and what yeah, for sure. happened. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it just goes back to like, you really can't, you can have an idea. But I always tell my students like, wh- like what, when we ask yeah. like, oh, what do you, what kind of setting are you looking forward to? When they say, ah, I'm kind of open. I don't really know yet. I always tell them that is the best position to be. Yeah, it's true. You never know what opportunity is going to come your way. And if you're close-minded to it, it's just, yeah. you might miss it. Yeah, you just got to take it all in. Take your rotations and see what you like, see what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if you're thinking like, oh, well, I kind of want to be like a pro or like D1. Still go into like, like try not to shy away from a high school rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Get Get an understanding of what that setting is. Because you may have, even if you don't want to, even after that rotation... Or it might change your mind and be like, oh, my gosh, this was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still probably going to possibly have a student mm-hmm. that might like want to be a high school athletic trainer. So then you can have experience like, hey, here's what I experienced. Here's what it kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sophia W. says, I wanted to be an orthosurgeon with a background in AT, but I loved AT too much to give it up for a pay increase and only 15 minutes with my patients. Now I'm getting a Ph.D. to teach future ATs. I ended up a doctor either way. <laughs> but despite leading a more academic career, my fiance is firefighter with 24-hour shifts and is not conducive to a happy home life. I always wanted to be involved in practicing AT. I can't let my skills get rusty. I want to keep up with per diem for per, uh I want to keep up with per diem for sure, but I'm also applying with USA wrestling as well. I've worked their 16U and juniors national tournament in Fargo, North Dakota. Last summer, we had 7,500 athletes over 10-ish days with 20 medical staff. I love working wrestling, and if I could travel overseas, work, and then come back and pick up with my life. That would be ideal at least until we start a family. My tips for ATs who want to get their PhD. Don't get it just because. My PhD is the most intense thing I have ever done, and my master's was a cakewalk compared to my PhD. If you want to pursue a PhD, make sure there's a good reason. If you do pursue pursue your PhD, make sure you find an advisor who aligns with your research interests. I picked mine because she was my master's advisor and she knew my experience levels and capabilities. Our research interests do not align and it made things infinitely more challenging than necessary. Oof, that is tough. Mm-hmm. That is tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like this also because we found someone who likes working wrestling and I know they're out there. Yeah, they are out there. 100%. Um. I used to work a lot of wrestling my first year. A lot of wrestling. And it just wasn't for me. No. No, I'm good. You can have it, Sophia. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. When you walk the the minute for sure that I knew I mean, I pretty much knew early on that I don't really want to work wrestling, but the minute I really knew was when you walk in the wrestling room and you actually feel the air. Yeah, I was out. I mean, I did work with like a lot of kids, so I feel yeah, like it was different. It, yeah, it was a lot different, but I feel like the environment for me was really tough. Yeah. For like, I didn't, I didn't like how. I know football is violent sport, but I feel like sometimes the. I don't want to say the violence of wrestling. Like it is violent, but yeah. I feel like it's a different kind of violent. Like yeah. it just. Strategic violence. It is. It is. That's a good way to put it. Um, I think my one of my favorite memories of helping with wrestling was when I was a student. You know, again, this was actually at the high school rotation. You know, we there was a wrestling match, and I was helping out, and one of our guys was cramping. Mm-hmm. Right, so I grabbed some water, had the water in the cup, and someone bumped into me as they were kind of finishing up and I spilled water on the mat. So it basically was a Jason kid situation. Like if you remember in the NBA where he asked someone to bump them, so it would extend the time of the timeout to, because you have to clean it up. Right. Except for I didn't do it on purpose. Like literally someone just bumped into me. <laughs> I spilled the water and then I felt bad because I was like, Oh my gosh, like that delayed it. Right. Or right. It delayed the match and all that stuff. <laughs> and the AT was like, dude, that was smart. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> Yep, I totally did that on purpose. Yeah, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, you want to get these last two stories in for this episode? Yes. Real quick? Um, okay, so the next two are actually about high school. Nice. This one's by Dom C. 
10 years ago, I graduated high school and went to Towson University. This was the school and program that my high school athletic trainer graduated from, and I interned with her my junior and senior year during high school. I got very lucky to have such a great high school athletic trainer that showed me how the profession is and inspired me to become an AT myself. Shout out to Katie. I think about it all the time, mostly when I talk with my athletes now about what they want to do after high school, even if it's not athletic training. I always appreciated how Katie was able to be so positive about the career and willing to help me learn about it. I try to keep the same energy with my collegiate athletic training students and high school athletes that are just interested. Mm -hmm. She was my first interaction with an AT and helped me through a few minor injuries through high school. I remember thinking how cool it was that she could work with our football program and then turn around and work with our soccer teams and other sports. The variety of the high school setting really interested me, so I think that's what has kept me there. I do see myself here in the future. The school system I work for just made us full-time school system employees this past year. That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. We were previously contracted employees from local PT clinics. I'm excited to see how my position and responsibilities can continue to change because we are in such a time of change with the new positions. I think continuation of care and programming over the summer breaks slash off season and throughout the entire school year will improve outcomes for the athletes. Hopefully I get to stay involved with all my teams and athletes and can help out a few more kids than I was before. That's true. So I was talking with um, one of my coworkers and we were talking about the Enneagram, which I know early, early episodes, we talk about the Enneagram a we lot did. Um, because I, I'm still obsessed with it. It's, Basically, if you don't know what it is, it's a personality test, but it's not your outward personality. Like, I can't look at you and be like, oh, you are this Enneagram type, one through nine. Um, it's actually more what motivates you. So I give it to all my students when they first come in. Um, not what, mo well, it is what motivates you, but also like what makes you make the decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, like if you see the world black and white, or if you avoid negativity or if yeah. you avoid conflict or if you are success driven or like what kind of makes you you yeah um and how you see the world and how you see different um situations yeah so i really like that because i i can use it with my students to try to figure out like how do i need to interact with them um, because not everyone is going to take the same learning style and and they're not going to all be able to take the same information and, yeah. you know. Um, but I also want them to get to know themselves because I think it's important to know yourself as a mm -hmm. clinician in order to help others. Yes. So I was talking with my coworker and, and we were talking about how there's a lot of Enneagram 2s in this profession. It's because... Mm -hmm twos are like naturally giving and put other people before themselves and i feel like in this profession that we are so i'm just gonna like we're low on the totem pole honestly like in mm -hmm. in healthcare professions we're not we're, we're still an up up and coming yeah. you know um so i think that we really do come a lot of us come from a place of giving yeah and i i really see that the more and more i hear these stories the more and more i really hear that people who go into this profession just want to impact others yeah it's true yeah yeah i'd agree with that and you're a two i am a two so <laughs> it makes sense so it makes sense why i agree with that you ready for the last story yep here we go so this one's christina c I always wanted to be in the high school setting, and that's where I am. Not sure if this is where I will still be in 10 years, though. I go back and forth a lot. I think, if anything, I want to be a professor, but hopefully I'll always be an AT, even if I go another route. High school was where I found my love for AT. I hung out with mine and learned from her, and I wanted to have that same impact on others. And I liked being able to work all sports. My hesitation is that these kids are wearing me down. <laughs> they are a-holes now. Maybe it's just the school I'm at, and I'm not really feeling valued. I'm also worried about once I start a family and how it would work. True. So, actually, I um, 
when this was all one story episode, um, I actually put this as a transition into kind of we've had we've had I want to say three more stories. Oh, okay, I think off the top of my head, where people talk about starting a family and uh-huh. how that works, like in athletic training. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, or at least where people mention it. I want to yeah. say like three or four more. Um, we're gonna talk about that more in the next episode. Um, but really, especially because. Um, it there is so much to that yeah and the profession is changing but it's going to change fast enough for yeah people now you yeah. know um but it is it like this is really cool because i i just like seeing the dynamic nature of it like people did like where did they see they were going and yeah. they got there now what <laughs> is it what you thought it was Right. So I hope this kind of leaves you guys with like an idea of or like self-reflection. I heard that I heard the stat the other day. I don't know how true it is that only 10 to 15 percent of people actually sit down and do self-reflection. Interesting. Which is really low. Yeah, that is. Um, But anyway, I don't know in what context or what, but um, I hope this helps you guys do a little bit of self-reflection and kind of... Mm -hmm realize what you have to look forward to because there's a lot there are yeah there are a lot for sure so if you guys like this episode we do every other episode as education or stories this one was a story episode and we are going to continue it in our story episode in two weeks but next week we're going back to our education episode which will be on uh we're gonna be looking at like performance testing so like like return to play stuff like hop testing stuff like that oh sweet yeah so um, stay tuned for that and then stay tuned for part two of this episode. If you guys are interested in submitting a story for a future episode or a future topic, which we are looking for, um, go ahead and go to our Instagram at atcornerpodcast or to our email at atcornerds at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's kind of all my fine print. Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye. <laughs>